EOS. I don't know if you've ever heard of the EOS. Uh, it's basically a, a way to give everybody that entrepreneurial mindset so that everybody considers what they do and how it impacts the bottom line of the business so the business can grow and thrive. We've started implementing EOS at his company now. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Campfire Capitalism. I am your host, Desmond Dixon. And today we have another nomad on the show. Uh, I'm super excited to talk about talk with this guy because he's doing something a little bit different than some of us world travelers. He's still traveling the world, but he's doing it in his own way with his wife. And uh, he has a business and a podcast. He talks about leadership and courage. And um, this guy's a really cool cat. So I'm super excited to have him on the show. Welcome, Mr. Harlan Matt Hammock. Hey, Desmond, how are you, man? Good to talk to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I remember we talked way back, man. I think we, you know, we we booked this some some, some time ago. And I know when I was talking to you, you were you and your wife were doing the Airbnb thing. Like you you guys decided to, you know, make a like a a big drastic change. You're traveling around the United States. And so I just thought that was fascinating since you know I'm not a nomad traveling the world, you're traveling around the United States. So how did you start? Like, (laughs) why why did you choose that over international? And like, how did you get there? Actually, steps. Baby steps. Yeah, we were, uh, my niece and nephew um, are out on the West Coast of, of the United States and they became digital nomads. And they were traveling around, staying in Airbnbs and just loved it, right? Everything they were doing and experiencing. And my wife and I are sitting there. We've got no kids, we've got no pets, almost debt free. We're sitting there in our little condo in Atlanta saying, why can't we do that? Why can't we travel around, right? Um, we were management consultants for like 30 years and traveled all over the US, Canada, Mexico, the UK, Europe. But we always worked at a client site and then back to the hotel, then back to the client site and back to the hotel. We didn't really get to see or experience things. So we decided, yeah, if we did this, we want to go to some of the places around the US and the world that we've been to maybe before, but never really got to experience. So we sold everything, downsized to one vehicle, uh, loaded up our, our four-door Jeep with uh, our clothes and our computers. And we hit the road and we started staying in Airbnbs. Now, everybody thinks, oh, you know, you're clearly, I'm not a 20 something. Oh, you must have an RV. Well, no, we're not retired. We're not traveling in an RV. We're just staying in Airbnbs and we're working. My wife works remotely. Um, I'm a business coach. So I work remotely and we're just traveling around. So we've been all over the US about every month or so, every four to six weeks, we'll travel to another, another city and, and kind of explore. But that's how we got into it. Baby steps. For now, staying around the U.S. and uh, I don't know. Next year, we may look to go outside. Ooh, come up to the dark side. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, you know once you leave the uh, the U.S., it's it's the longer you stay out, the long, the harder it is to go back. I mean, obviously, family okay. and friends is, is pretty important. I know that you have you have you still have a family that you're you're pretty close with and. Yep. You spend a lot of time with them, so I know that that's probably pretty important for you guys. Um, so, yeah. So, to, uh, before we kind of get into the business side, man, I'm just curious, like, what, what's been some of your favorite places you've been so far? Wow, um, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, which is awesome. Great artist kind of community. There's a lot of uh, food. Uh, I'm a foodie. I love food, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Charleston, South Carolina, was great. Uh, we spent time in Austin, Texas, which is huge. Uh, uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico. We stayed in Colorado Springs. We've been just all over the place. It's, it's everywhere we go. We try to find um, 
the the food vibe you know what's going on out there we'd love to explore the so we're going hiking and 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 things like that caving uh we go into some of the different caves and caverns around um yeah and just kind of seeing things that even the things that are kind of off the road you know you if you've ever driven on the highways in the u.s you always see these signs for like the the big chicken or the big ball of yarn or the you know the mummy <laughs> or whatever and stuff we're we're traveling we're on our own time schedule so we'll just kind of zip over and and see what that's all about you know so, isn't it yeah amazing? just having a great time yeah isn't it amazing to travel with like no deadline to your travel right like it just opens up in, like curiosity and in a different like vibe right yeah and we are we're we're curious we love history we love architecture so we like to go and see some of those things you know so before we come to the next uh city we try to do a little bit of research and find out what to do and that's one thing we're trying to do with our blog too is help have people post hey i've gone here have you guys checked this out or hey have you ever heard about this so we can try to get you know some of those those uh places under our belt so it's it's been fun so far we really enjoyed it we started in march of this year and uh I think we're going to go for another year or so Heck before yeah. we settle down again. Yeah. So sweet, man. So I know it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing, right? Especially at, at, at your age, right? Because most people probably, I'll probably, I'm wondering like what your friends say or yeah. your, 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 you know, the community that yeah. you're in, they're probably asking a bunch of questions because, um, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So it takes a lot of courage. So, so talk to me about, you know, what courage means to you and, and, um, you know, a little bit more about like how, like what a little bit more about what you do actually for work, right. While you're traveling the world or traveling the country. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you bring up courage because I've got a podcast that I run called the courage to lead. So I'm a a business leadership coach. Um, and I like talking to entrepreneurs, business leaders, uh, civic leaders to find out where they found the courage to step out and do their thing. You know, everybody, a lot of people are comfortable in that nine to five zone. They want somebody else making the decisions for them, make has somebody else put their neck on the line. But those of us that, you know, we're just not good employees, right? We want to be on our own and kind of do things our, on our own. I like to talk to people and ask them, where did they find the courage to walk away from the nine to five? Where did they find the courage to overcome the, the setbacks, like the divorce, the bankruptcies, the illnesses or death that propelled them into this? How do you, how do you get back up after something like that and continue? Um, and I've had some amazing conversations with people, you know, about that on the podcast. And uh, yeah, so our courage, like I said, we, a lot of people, a lot of people that we know, like I said, at our age, they think, oh, you're crazy, <laughs> right? Uh, my brother thinks I'm nuts. He says that he couldn't live without a, a home base. I, home is where the heart is, you know, and my wife and I are traveling together and we're loving every minute of it and stuff. We get to spend a lot of time together and explore things together, which we really enjoy. Um, so yeah, for us, it was an easy decision. Like I said, no pets, no, no uh, kids to worry about. We do have family, so we do want to stay kind of close. Uh, and, uh, we do get back to Atlanta to visit, you know, the family there. My family's out here in California and that's where we're at right now is, uh, visiting my daughter and her husband. They just got married last year. And then, uh, my brother lives here with his family. So, you know, we get to get to visit people like that, but yeah, for us, it was, it was an easy decision. We, we have each other and that's really all we need. So why do we need the house and, you know, just sit in one place when we could be doing all of the work we do from the beach from the mountains, you know, from anywhere. Yeah. So I, I got to ask you this because I think one thing we had in common um, is you're traveling with your wife and I'm, I'm traveling with my girlfriend. And so when you're, when you're switching play, I have to ask this, man, I have to, cause it's, it's <laughs> relative because other people who might be interested in traveling as entrepreneurs sure. travel with their significant other. So like, how do you like decide like on like decision-making on like, 
where you go and like even the living situation, right? Because I have certain preferences. She has certain preferences. It's almost like buying a house every every month or every one right. or two months, right? Because you <laughs> both have to be enrolled because you guys both have to want to, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a journey together. It's like an adventure. So yeah. I'm just curious, like, have you have like, like, how do you like navigate that, that thing with, 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 with your wife? I'm just curious. It's, it's been pretty easy so far. Um, generally, we look for a place we haven't been before. Mm-hmm. Um, or a, a town that we think is going to be kind of cool. Maybe they have some some neat, you know, neat things to see there. So we'll pick the town first. Then we both do our research. We go out on Airbnb, look at some of the different properties that are available. I'm the chef. I'm the cook. So the <laughs> kitchen is important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants someplace that's got good, easy walking trails, a safe area to go walking and things like that. Because um, sometimes she'll get up early in the morning and go out for her her daily exercises. Um so we have our, our list of things that are important to each of us. And we go through each one of these things on Airbnb and try to find those places. And we need fast internet. That's not always available, right? Um, sometimes the internet is pretty bad. We'll end up using our, our hotspots on our phone. Uh, but those are the type of criteria that we look for. And then we find a place that kind of meets everything. We do a little bit of research on them and stuff. And then we select it together and, and off we go. And so far, it's been good. We only had one uh, situation that was, we didn't ask all the right questions. So we got to this little place down in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was a cute little apartment, uh, kind of a guest house or a mother-in-law suite. Um, great area. We could walk to everywhere. But there was a construction site right next door to us. They were building Ooh. two or three houses. So starting at 7 o'clock in the morning, the jackhammers and all this stuff, which is tough to record a podcast with all that mess going on. Plus, it was only a one little one-bedroom, uh, one-bath apartment. So there's no place for us to to kind of get our own space going. So now we're looking for more than one bedroom so that she can have her office in one. I could have my office in another and we don't interfere with each other and stuff. So you learn as you go, you know, you learn the questions exactly. to ask and things to look for. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think I've only also the only had one situation where we had to leave and it was because the bed sucked, like sucked. Yeah. Like everything else was great. It was like, you know, penthouse it was nice two-story condo like all the things plenty of working space walking distance but the bed was so unbearable that we just had to eat our money and and and, uh literally like two two two, uh two places down um that little place in jacksonville was that way the the bed i I don't know if they had an issue in the past but they had like a a plastic slip cover over the mattress so every time you moved you'd hear this crunch 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 and all the stuff and just yeah yeah. Wasn't, wasn't good. That's like my, that's like probably my biggest non-negotiable besides internet. I think the bed and yeah. I like, I learned to compromise because first I was like, oh, I need a workspace. But then I was like, that's easy to figure. I mean, for me, it's yeah. a little easier because I, I like to go to co-working and, and, and cafes and all that kind of stuff. But podcasts, obviously I need a room to do it in. So internet's pretty important, but yeah, man, it's, it's pretty interesting. So um, let me ask you this because you've been, you've been doing um, business coaching for about 20 years now. Right. So, you know, talk to me about some, 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 some highlights, right? Like, you know, what specifically do you do? Like in terms of like, when you work with people, do you do like workshops? Are you doing like a one-on-one executive coaching? Um, and then like, you know, what, what, like, like what, where do you hone in? Like, what's your, like the sweet spot, right. That, that you like to like to focus in the zone of genius. Um, yeah, we'll give you a good classic example. I started working with this guy about four years ago, uh, Michael, and he was a uh, operations manager at a commercial electrical venture. 
and he kind of came up through the ranks to be the operations guy. And so making that transition from being a buddy to the boss is tough, right? So he wanted to know how to be a better a better leader, a better boss, better communicator. And so that's how we started working together. And uh, he was frustrated because the owner of the business didn't want to spend any more money on the business. He didn't want to grow, didn't want to buy more vehicles or anything like that. He was making the money he wanted to make, and that was the end of it for him. And Michael was really frustrated. So we had a lot of conversations. And finally, I said, you know, you you got two choices. You could either start your own business and direct competition, or you can buy the business from this guy. And so he approached the owner and bought the business. And so now he's like the owner, right? So then he brought me in to work with his whole leadership team. And so we started putting in some uh, strategies for his business, some systems, you know, processes in place. Um, EOS, I don't know if you've ever heard of the EOS. Uh, it's basically a, a way to give everybody that entrepreneurial mindset so that everybody considers what they do and how it impacts the bottom line of the business so the business can grow and thrive. We started implementing EOS at his company now. When I first started working with them, they were doing about 750,000 annual revenue. Uh, last year, they did 2.8 million. And this year, they're on target for about five. So uh, just incredible growth. But that's what I try to do is get in there and, and help them with their immediate problem, but then look at other ways that they may be able to grow and and uh you know, there's a difference between growing and scaling, right? Growing means more people, more, you know, footprint. Scaling is doing more with what you have. And so I, I try to look there first. What, how can we scale this? How can we put some efficiencies in to, to get things better? He's done a little of everything. And every time we come up with a new idea, you know, he's implemented and uh, he's growing like crazy. So that's what I try to do is work with them first on whatever their immediate need is and then help them, you know, improve the the company overall. And so far, yeah, it's been it's been great. What an ROI, man. Like that's freaking amazing. Yeah. Man. Man, sorry. I like MA is like <laughs> my yeah. One of my dreams to to get into, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure that yeah, man, that's that was savage, dude. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of taking that in. Um it's like life changing. Really, um, it has been for all of them, and the, the company yeah. is like doubled in size now. They've improved, you know, their. I mean, they've got their their uh, client base, but they've started to expand that client base now, getting into other things, and the the business model we put in place is is really starting to take off. So, yeah, it's good That's stuff. Sick. Yeah, and I bet the banks love them because that means if he has another sure. M and A idea, they'd be like, "Sure, <laughs> buddy, come on." Yeah, you, yep. I see you. You know what you're doing, but how much you need, right? <laughs> Um, that's good stuff, man. Um, man, that's some good stuff. So, so it sounds like you're working with like the, uh, like SMBs and, and, um, 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 like leaders in, in SMBs, or are you also doing stuff in, in the enterprise side or you just kind of your, your sweet spots is, is those guys like in the, well, yeah, for, for like the 20, 25 plus years, I was a management consultant in organizational change management. So working with companies that were undergoing a major change, right? The mergers, acquisitions, the uh, process re-engineering or restructuring of the business, big software implementations like Oracle, SAP, things like that. Mm -hmm. Helping the leadership team to understand the impacts that change was going to have on them, mm -hmm. communicate that change and lead their people through the change, right? My goal was to make sure the employees were as productive after as they were before. But after getting on a plane every Monday and every Friday, flying back and forth to these different client sites, it's like, you know, I want to stop and focus on just that aspect that I like, which was building leaders. You know, mm -hmm. um, our goal as leaders is to build more leaders, not followers. 
And so I wanted to help build these leaders and help them accomplish the things that they wanted to accomplish. So that's when I became a business coach and, and working with some of the local businesses and a little of everybody. I mean, from the skilled trades, um, accountants and, and CPAs, uh, dentists, uh, chiropractors, a little of everything. Because when you get down to a business is business, right? You have a product or service you want to sell. You have customers you need to take care of. You have your employees you need to take care of. Those are the same. And if you understand that this is how business runs and the major processes that that happened, right? You uh, receive an order, you fulfill the order, you collect payment for the order. Those are the same in any business. Once you understand that, it's easy to get in and kind of look at what needs to be tweaked, what needs to be improved and and go from there. So, yeah. I want to be That's super... I want to be super blunt here and say that you you've just changed my entire paradigm on management consultants. Like I like very big time. Um I I just finished the book uh, a couple of books uh, the Phoenix Project mm-hmm. which you're, I'm guessing you probably if you're doing software and, and you know those kind of changes in the past that and then sure. I'm, I'm finishing goals right now which is I think written by the same author. Okay. And it talks about about processes and you know, understanding like every business essentially has like those three major metrics and, and that really only matters like net income, cash flow, and um, return on investment and how the processes and all that kind of stuff affects the business model and, and you know, the bottlenecks and managing people. And it's, it's like literally you say, I was like, man, I just feel like this is like deja vu. And I was like, okay, I, I get it now. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool, man. Um, that's pretty cool. So talk to me about like, so you're doing this management consulting, you're working with like local, all these different types of businesses, you're traveling around throughout the United States. Um, like for entrepreneurs out there, right. Who are used to being, let's say belly to belly in their, in their, in their city, right. Going to the events, going to the, you know, the co-working space. Like, how would you, like, how do you balance this, the social life, both for your business and also personally, like, how do you still engage with like potential leads? And also how do you also, you know, still network and socialize with other people being an entrepreneur that's traveling, traveling around the country? Yeah. You got to get creative. Um, fortunately, a lot of the the networking type groups now are virtual where you can find virtual. Um, and so I, and I stay in touch with a lot of the folks that I used to network with, right. I'm still reaching out and, and chatting with them. There are groups that um, are, uh, okay, so I belong to a group called Provisors, which is uh, a lot of white collar, right? So you've got a lot of lawyers, a lot of doctors, a lot of uh, bankers and things like that. So it's a, a different level from things like the BNI, which is you know pretty much every man uh, getting out there networking. Those groups are all across the US. Most of them are virtual or, or they have a, an option to be virtual on those. So you can keep in touch that way to network. Every opportunity, anytime you go out and meet people, it's an opportunity to network, right? Um, I like to talk to people about what they do. Uh, that's just who I am. So I, I talk to them about <laughs> what they do, how long they've done it, ask them questions about things. And so I'm thinking in my mind, either is this somebody that I may be able to sell to, or do I know somebody who may need this? And then I'll make connections with people. I'll, I'll send emails, you know, every day. Hey, uh, connecting you to good luck, Godspeed, you know, and, and uh, I love doing stuff like that. So I'm trying to build my network as much as possible and even traveling. Like I said, we're, every, every city we get into, you know, I check to see if there's some online networking event I can get involved in or, or a, a webinar. Maybe somebody's running locally and stuff and I'll chit chat with them. And yeah, you just got to get creative with it, but you can do it. You can do it. Absolutely. 
time zones, time zones, you experience this a lot more than I do. Time zones can be interesting, right? So a lot of my clients are on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast right now. So there's that three hour times of difference. Um, I had a podcast that I had to do with somebody who was over in the UK. So I'm up at three or four in the morning to make sure that I'm on a good time schedule for them and stuff. So you always have to take that into consideration, but it can be done, you know? Yeah, that that landed. It, it took me, um, I just now recently got hit to the networking groups. Believe okay. it or not. Yeah. Just really got hit to it recently. And I'm like, oh, I get it. But now you just gave me a good, a good, a good, good thing to follow up with. Um, I was looking at uh, Master Networks. I got invited to a few of those. I was like, oh, this is fascinating, right? Like yeah. it's like a it's like a buffet, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> all you're doing is talking to people. Like that's the secret of getting sales is exactly talk to as many people as possible, right? Yeah. Um, most of them are using Zoom, right? So you yeah. come in and say hello to everybody and they put you in a little breakout rooms and you got four or five people you can chat with then and then you come back to the main group and then back to another breakout. So it's as if you're you're going to a live event and moving from you know a, a cluster or a click of people, you know, around just talking to talking to people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things. And then for entrepreneurs, um, if you have a, a, a business you're trying to build and you're on the road, um, there's a group called One Million Cups. I don't know if you've heard of One Million Cups before. It's it's basically a place where you can go live or virtually in front of a group of uh, potential investors, uh, business coaches, um, other entrepreneurs, and you give your pitch and then you get feedback. Did that pitch land with me? Did it not? What could you do different? You know, maybe you're using a slide deck. Maybe you're using a movie to try to introduce your product. Did it work? What could be different? And you're, you're, it's supposedly it's, it's building your business over, uh, cups of coffee with just friends, right? And it, it's free. You can sign up for it. You get out there and, uh, and, and pitch. And a lot of people have found some good connections, good investors you know, with their, their ideas and stuff. So there's always things out there, a lot of different ways you can connect with people. Man, you just gave some game today, <laughs> some game guys game, re-listen to that part over again. Right. Cause this, this is the game. I, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer that if you want to start any business, literally in the United States of America, an, L, a, an incorporated American company, if you went and talked to people, even if it's just 10 a day, every day for one year, you will still have a business in my, yeah. in my opinion, right? Because it's like you, you force yourself to learn in those conversations with them, right? And you get feedback or you, you learn stuff, right? Like it, you get exposed to people's networks or, you know, clients or like you, you just, you build up all this social capital, right? Um, so it's almost like, I wouldn't say not impossible not to be successful, but it's pretty hard not to have some type of foundation or momentum after year one, right? Because I think that first year is the toughest for people when they, you know, want to go out and be an entrepreneur. Is, you know, how do you, you got to sell? Like that's 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 the first thing, at least to the first hundred thousand, if not the first million. It's like you got you got to sell. Like that's all, your only job is to sell, sell and fulfill. Um, you're laughing like there's so much it, more than that. <laughs> well, no, 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 but that that's it. It's not what you say. It's how consistently you say it, right? It's that consistent message. And like I said, you talk to people, you find out how that lesson message lands with them, tweak it if you need to, and keep talking and just keep talking. I'll tell you, I was out at a conference uh, a few years back in San Jose, California. And one of the ladies that was in the conference, she came back after a, a break that we had. And she was like, white. It's like, what happened? You know, like she saw a ghost or something. And she goes, 
I just got a contract in the elevator. It's like, what are you talking about? And she goes, I was in the elevator with this lady. We started talking. She asked me what I did. And she had some crazy tagline. They ended up riding the elevator up and down multiple times talking. And the lady said, okay. would you come to Singapore and address my, my business? Because we're having that direct issue. And so she got signed up to go to Singapore to help this, this lady's company. Just because she had the message, she had it, she had it down pat, she had her little tagline, and it connected. Mm-hmm. So you just never know. Like I said, on, on an elevator, you could you could make business on an elevator, you know? Man, ele- elevator pitch, literally. Yeah, elevator. Literally, literally, yeah. <laughs> wow, uh, this is sick. Um, so tell us, tell us a bit about your pod and, and how people can find you and, 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 and all that good stuff. Yeah, again, the podcast is called The Courage to Lead. It's on all the major Apple iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on uh, iHeartRadio. It's all over the place. Um, just recorded episode 206, which will be coming out in the middle of December. And uh, just great conversations with entrepreneurs uh, from all areas of life and all over the world. I've had people from from Australia, from Singapore, from the UK, um, Germany. I've had people all over on the podcast and stuff. So yeah, it's just great. Great tips on what they've accomplished, where they found that courage. And what they look for in a leader and what type of leader they are. I love the the combination of those those two points. So yeah, courage and leadership. Boom. And what's, what's the best way? Like if someone wants to buy their boss out and they're hearing this, like what's the best way to get in contact <laughs> with you? They could contact me. Absolutely. My website is ib4e-coaching.com. So it's the letter I, the letter B, the number four, the letter E dash coaching.com. They can find my website there. Uh, they can email me at coach at ib4e.com. And I'm on LinkedIn. I'm all over the place. So you should be able to find me just look for ib4e. Boom. All that will be in the show notes. Don't forget if you're driving, wait till you get to where you are and then <laughs> check that out. So Absolutely. man, it was great to have you on the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And good luck with your travels. One of these days I'm going to get out there, like I said, join the dark side and, and travel the world. Um, I, I will, I will find if, if you leave the United States and you start traveling, I will meet up with you. Sounds good to me. Country. Like first no, coffee, first beer is on me. <laughs> absolutely. Awesome. All right. So guys, welcome to the end of the show. I thank you for giving us your most precious resource on the planet, which is your time. And we're extremely grateful. Don't forget to share this episode with someone. If they also want to maybe buy their boss out or, or travel the world or travel the country, whatever that, whatever those ambitions are, um, and we'll see you at the next campfire. Ciao.